This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Glad you made it out on a Wednesday. If you uh, need a Bible, why don't you raise your hand? Our ushers would gladly put the Word of God in your hand, which I believe is still very important, very significant. Uh, once you get your Bible, go with me to the book of Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter 16. Well, I'm, I'm very grateful for several things tonight. I'm, I'm grateful that I have a bed, that I have a warm house. I'm grateful that I have a hot shower. And the reason I'm saying all that is I, I ran to the orphanage down in Juarez right after the service on Sunday. And again, those are things that I take for granted often. And so, whew, I'm so glad they needed me to go to interpret. So I went down there and interpret. That's a joke, okay? I don't, I, I don't interpret. I'm, I'm silingual, singular lingual. I like to go to Juarez, though. I can pray in the Spirit the whole time I'm down there, and no one gets anything, so it's good. I don't understand. Well, bless all of you. We're going to receive our tithes and offerings, so we go to the book of Luke, chapter 16. Luke 16, verse 10. Luke 16, verse 10, and I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking, that's not right. I'm in John. Luke 16, verse 10. He who is faithful in what is least is also faithful also in much. Now, when I look at that, he's, he's talking about this prerequisite for promotion. And so you, you've got to be faithful with the least to even begin to move. And so a lot of times I, I like to look at it this way, that with Father God, every one of us start on level ground. We start... With, with the least. And when God begins to promote you, he'll, he'll move you up and he'll give you a little more and he'll see how faithful you are with that. And then he'll move you up and he'll keep moving you up. And so again, I, I've got to learn to be faithful with the little. He goes on to say, and he was unjust and what is least is unjust also and much. Therefore, if you've not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, which talks about rules, uh, uh, riches, money, and possessions, who will commit to your trust the true riches? So we see here the true riches of heaven is, is come from my, my faithfulness to start with the little. You've got to start with the little. And then in verse 12 he says, And if you've not been faithful in what is another man, who will give you what's your own? So when you see what Jesus is talking about, our, our willingness to bring money under control is necessary even for our spiritual development. So he's telling us here, we either control money or money's going to control you. It's one of the two. So I, I sit here and when I read these things, I, I go back to my life when I was roughly 24 and things weren't going very well financially. I, I had more month than money. How many have ever been there? I got more month than money. And so when me and Shelly would read the scriptures and we sat down and we had this conversation one time and we realized we've tried to do it our way for these years and I've seen where it got me. So what would happen if we begin to obey the scriptures? And so we begin to obey the scriptures and we begin to honor God with the first fruit of all our increase and we begin to tithe faithfully. And I won't stand here and tell you it was a breeze. It was smooth sailing. It was one of the most trying things ever in my life. 
and my head would swim and I'd like, Father God, that, that would pay for this and pay for that. But again, we begin to see the significance of the word of God. Things begin to happen in our life and God begin to add to us just like he said he would. And so then when we, we became close to the age of 25, we stood on the blessings of the tithe. He says there in Malachi 3.10, he said, if you will honor me with the first fruits of all your increase, I'll open the windows of heaven and I'll pour out blessing on you. There will not be room enough for you to receive. I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake and the fruit of your ground shall not return barren. So we begin to stand on that. We would say, Father God, you would open the windows of heaven. And both of us, got incredible jobs because I believe we had learned to honor God with the tithe. And then anytime promotion would come up, man, I was a tither. God wanted to bless me, but it took this area of, of a thing called faith. Man, you got to step out by faith. And I will tell you, it will be a step of faith. It'll stretch you. But here, well, I'm 39 now. I'm a little older than that, okay. Actually, that's 34 years ago. I've honored God, and I've honored God faithfully. Day by day by day, and I've seen the, the, the blessings of starting with little and move. So I'm going to help some of you right now. Don't ever criticize people for what they got. You never know what they've given to get what they've got. Woo, Pastor, that hurt. Yep. But it's the truth. People honor God, and God will bless them. Yep, there's two that are in agreement. Let's pray. Father God, we love you. We thank you for the word. Now, Lord, right now, as we, we read what you said, Lord Jesus, grace us, grace us to follow your word, your values, even in the area of our finances, and grace us with an incredible discipline to obey your scriptures in these areas. And, and Lord, I, I pray your blessing over all. Of, of Malachi 3.10, the God who chooses to open the windows of heaven for us. In Jesus' name. Everybody agreed, said amen, amen, amen. So remember, you can, you can give by uh, text through the, the apps. There's boxes here on the side. And so that's our way of giving right now. A couple announcements just real quick. The faith closet is moved to next Wednesday. Some of them hadn't been feeling good, so they're not here. Also, ladies, remember Friday night at 7 is the, the women's cherished event. You're welcome to come of that. There's connect groups that will start real, real soon. They're out here in this hallway, right in the middle of the classroom. There will be lights and directions for you to see that. And then still with all of you that are married, I welcome you to the, the XO uh, marriage conference that's coming up rapidly. Also, for all you men in here, on Saturday morning at 9 a.m., this week is the men's breakfast. Ernest is right down here. You can get more info from him if you need that. All right, you're close to the book of Luke or in the book of Luke. Turn to Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22, and we're going to be on our study on the area of favor again tonight in kind of a different way, but you'll see it mentioned over and over. Actually, in this passage tonight, you're going to see a little bit about the, the apostle Peter. You'll see some on Job. You'll see some on Ruth. And I doubt we'll get to Jonah, but we may. We'll see. And so I, I was really, really blessed when they sang the song, In Every Season. In every season, you are still God. In every season. You know what that means? Good times, bad times, mad times, hard times, pleasant times, joyful times. It doesn't matter. 
And so when I begin to read these stories, you'll begin to see these men and women in the Bible, they had the opportunity to walk out in every season. I'm going to praise you, Lord. So we begin Luke 23, or Luke 22, verse 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon. Now he's talking to the apostle Peter here. Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you. Satan has asked permission for you. Why? That he may sift you as sweet. He has asked that he may sift you as sweet. The Passion Translation says, and to test your faith. Now, when I see the word to sift you as wheat, there, there's a word that at times you'll see in the Old Testament. It's a word called winnowing. And what that literally means was it meant the separation of the fruit or the grain from the chaff. In other words, let's separate from what's real and what's not. And so to a degree, he's saying here that Satan asked, asked to sift you as wheat. In other words, to see what's really on the inside of you. To see that when he does this, will you still serve God no matter what the season is? Verse 32. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. Now, this is the Lord Jesus talking in here, and he says, he wants to sift you as wheat, but I've prayed for you. And, and if you'll notice what his prayer was, he didn't pray and say, I, I've prayed for you that you won't have to go through the sifting. I, I've prayed for you that there'll be a, a detour around all the difficulties in life where you don't have to go through them. Now, that's not what he said. He said, I specifically have prayed for you that your faith shouldn't fail. So part of the sifting that takes place with every one of us is to put us on a, on a trial, a test, and there's things in life will happen to you, and you may understand this thought. The only way I truly find out what's on the inside of me is when I go through a test and a trial. Man, when life's easy, woo, it, it's easy to praise God. It's a little different story when all hells broke loose. But again, this is what he gets over to the, the, the apostle Peter on here. And so he's really saying, man, I want to strengthen your faith. And he goes on to say that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren or strengthen the faith of your brothers. Build them up, encourage them. To, to follow God, to seek God, just like you're going to have to do. So really what he's telling us here is strengthen your brethren because you can look at them and say, hey, I know what it is to walk that path. I know what it is to have my faith where it's, it's been attacked. And if you're in this room tonight and you've served God for any amount of time, you understand he's going to sift you. He's going to come after you at times. Don't throw in the towel. Look to God. Say, Lord, I welcome your grace in this. Now, go to the book of Job, chapter 2. Job, chapter 2, and you may say, where is that? Well, that's, that's right before the Psalms. Job is the very next uh, chapter, or the very next book. And so we go to Job, chapter 2. Now, one of the reasons I took this guy named Job is Job was a Gentile. He was a man that 
God had blessed him with incredible things. Incredible things. And, and one day, the, the Lord sees the devil. And he says to him, where, where you been and what you been doing? And the devil said, I've been going to and fro the earth, looking to show you know, who, who's in or out, looking to seek whom I may devour. And God specifically says, have you noticed my servant Job? Now, wait a minute, God, don't do that. I, I really don't want to be recognized by the devil. And so what begins to happen with Job that, that in one day it says that he, he literally lost his servants. That same day he, he lost his sheep. That same day he lost his camels. That same day he lost his children. Now, that's a bad hair day. When you lose everything you got, and so this, this is what happens to Job. So I, I want you to look in Job chapter 2, verse number 9. And, and what's interesting about this, when Job lost everything it had, it says that he, he did not sin or charge God with any wrong. He didn't sin or charge God. See, oftentimes when we go through difficulties, we have this thought, man, I don't know why God's doing this. Where are you at, God? Do you not see? But Job wouldn't do that. Now, here in Job 2, verse 9, look, we're paying real close attention here. Then his wife said to him, do you still hold fast to your integrity? Do you still maintain your integrity going through all this? Why don't you just curse God and die? Now, this is what his wife said, just curse God and die. And so again, to me, what is she's revealing? She's revealing how bad and difficult it was. But look at Job's response in verse 10. But he said to her, you speak as one of the foolish women speaks. Don't be a foolish woman is what he's saying. Shall we indeed accept good from God and we shall not accept adversity? In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. In other words, in all this, Job did not say anything wrong. Now, this becomes a test for me and you. Let me ask you something. When things in life start going wrong, what comes out of your mouth? This is very important because right here, some of the stuff that will flow out of our mouth identify how we look to God and what we think about God in that situation. And, and, and Proverbs 18, 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. You're speaking death or you're speaking life. Matthew 12, 34 says, out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth's gonna speak. But it's interesting to me here, it said he wouldn't sin or speak anything negative toward God. This, this becomes a nugget for us. I wish I could stand here and, and tell you I've always passed this test, but I hadn't. But it's something that we all got to learn to say, okay, Lord, grace me in the area of my tongue when things aren't going well. So now we, we proceed a little further. Go with the book of, of Job chapter 8. Job chapter number 8. Ooh, the goodness of God. Job 8, verse 5. If you would earnestly seek or look to God and make your supplications to the Almighty. Now, this is talking about all, all the seasons of my life. If you would just earnestly seek God and make all your supplications to the Almighty. If you were pure and upright... 
Surely now he would awake for you and prosper your rightful dwelling place. Verse 7. Though your beginning was small, yet your latter end would increase abundantly. The New International Version says, so prosperous will your future be. The message says, even though you're not much right now, you'll end up better than ever. And so I want you to look at that real close. Even though your beginning was small, and your latter end is going to be blessed if I keep looking to God. And I keep praying to God. And it's interesting in verse 6, he said, if you were pure and upright, if you'll start living for God in an upright position. And this doesn't mean perfect, but it does mean when I blow it, I have enough character and integrity within me to repent to God. God will move. And so I highlight this right here because when we go to the book of Ruth, that was her to a T. In the beginning, she had nothing. But she continued to look to God. And she continued to call out to God. And you find out this was a blessed woman. We move forward a little bit. The book of Job chapter 10. Verse 12. You have granted me or gave me life and favor. This is what Job said about God. And you've granted me life. Thank you, Father God, for granting me life. Thank you for granting me life tonight. And favor. And favor. You know what favor is? Favor is the I'm for you attitude of God toward you. Favor is the I'm for you attitude of God toward you. That's what God's favor is. I'm for you. I I want my favor to be upon you. I want you to be blessed. And he ends this verse and he says, and your care has been preserved by my spirit. Man, I've preserved you. I've I've watched over you. I've protected you. The, The God who never slumbers nor sleeps, he says, I've cared for you. And so when I look at this right here, And I I said, thank you, Father God, you've granted me life. I thank you for your favor. Now, I'm going to walk you through a few things real quick here, just for time's sake, with this man named Job. If we went all the way to the last chapter, which I believe is chapter 44, it says that at the end, God doubled Job in everything that he had. Double for your trouble. And so he wasn't exempt from trouble. So here's the question. How do I respond to God in seasons of trouble? Do do I cry out to him and say, Father God, I thank you for your faith. I welcome your, or do I complain? See, if I I get over and I have that complaining attitude and that complaining mentality, you flunk the test. And guess what happens in the kingdom of God when you flunk the test? God doesn't just get tired of seeing you and finally says, I'm going to pass him. No, it becomes something that I go through again and again and again and again. You know why God desires that we pass the test? Because he wants to bless you. He wants to favor you. Now, go with me to the book of Ruth, chapter 2. Ruth, chapter 2. And when, when we go, where's Ruth? Ruth is right before 1 Samuel. If you find the Samuels, go back just a book and you'll hit Ruth chapter number two. We were in Ruth chapter two last week. 
I'm, I'm coming back because sometimes I get in a little bit of hurry and I miss some things. And so we go back to, Luke cha- or to Ruth chapter 2. And remember, Ruth is a woman from Moab. That was an ungodly nation. So she has a couple strikes against her. She's a woman, which in Jewish times wasn't good. She's a woman from Moab. Moab wasn't a good place. And she's a widow. But she began to ask God for favor, and God began to move her in areas of a field. And because of her faithfulness, God kept blessing her. So we're in Ruth chapter 2, verse 16. Also, let grain from the bundles fall purposely for her. Now, we read this last week, and it says that he he tells the the ones that are the barley harvesters to, to supernaturally, just on purpose, just, just throw out bundles of grain for her. Just bless her on purpose. In other words, God is saying, because my favor upon you, I want to bonus you. And you know, when you get a bonus, you may not deserve it, but you still get it. I don't know about you, I like to be bonused. And so this is what he's talking about, that leave it that she may glean and do not rebuke, rebuke her. So she gleaned in the field until evening. And she beat out what she had, and she gleaned, and it was about an ephah of barley. Then she took it up, went into the city, and her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. So she brought out and gave to her what she had kept back after she had been satisfied. So not only was Ruth blessed, she said, I'm going to bless my mother-in-law. I'm blessed to be a blessing. Verse 19. And her mother-in-law said to her, where have you gleaned today? And where did you work? Blessed be the one who took notice of you. Blessed be the one who took notice of you. So she told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked, and she said, the man's name with whom I work today is Boaz. Then Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, blessed be he of the Lord. Now, when she says this here, blessed be he of the Lord She instinctively praises the Lord, and she recognizes it's God the one who is responsible for opening this door. But this is a nugget right here for us. She said, blessed be he of the Lord. Now, the reason I think this is very important, because if we went back to Ruth chapter 1, verse 20, when when Ruth and her mother-in-law, Naomi, came back to Bethlehem, they left Moab and came back, when, when Naomi entered the city of Bethlehem, the people all said, there's Naomi, there's Naomi. Remember her response? She said, don't call me Naomi, call me Mara or call me bitter. And her exact wording were, because the Lord has dealt with me severely. So when she came back, she blamed God for all her hardships. What you're seeing here is a woman who had a change of heart. And not long before that, she was accusing God of all her problems being because of God. But now she's realizing God's the God who blesses. I I encourage you, get to that place in your life where you recognize God blesses. God's desire is to bless us. Verse 21. Ruth the Moabite has said, He also said to me, you shall stay close by my young men until they have finished all my harvest. This is the protection of God. Stay stay close by all my men. Verse 22, and Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, 
It is good, my daughter, that you go out with these young men and that people do not meet you in any other field. Now, what we're going to hit on these, these last few minutes tonight, we're going to hit on two things her mother-in-law said. Be careful the people you run with and be careful in the field you're in. Stay in that field. And you know what I believe her mother-in-law was saying? Don't get impatient. An early departure from the things of God may result in an aborted destiny. And go on on this. He says, you have an appointment with God's destiny. And so don't miss the blessing of God because you choose to move prematurely. And all fields are green, okay? And we know the old cliche or the word, well, I want to go over there because the pasture's greener over there. Well, here's the truth about the greener pasture over there. The greener the pasture is, the more it's got to be mowed. But another nugget in this, the greener the pasture is, understand this, wherever there's pasture, there's going to be sheep. And whenever there's sheep, you're going to get manure. I don't care what field you're in, you're going to get manure. And so really what happens here oftentimes, I believe people move prematurely. They miss what God has for them because they're not patient. And so right here she says, stay in that field. Stay in that field. Verse 23. So she stayed close by the young women of Boaz to glean until the end of barley harvest and the wheat harvest. And she dwelt with her mother-in-law. So when I read verse 23, you know what I see here? Ruth received and she heeded instruction well. She listened and obeyed to what her mother-in-law said. Because here where we must understand this. There's good ideas and there's God ideas. There's good opportunities and there's God opportunities. And so right here her mother-in-law was saying basically it is imperative for you to be in the right place at the right time. Follow God's leading. Remember, God orders the steps of the righteous. But just as it is imperative for me and you to be at the right place at the right time, it's also imperative for me to be with the right people at the right time. Now, in saying that, turn with me to the book of Galatians chapter 5. Go to Galatians chapter 5, and on saying this, God can turn your pain into purpose. But don't jump the gun, okay? Don't, don't get impatient. We, we have this thing called uh, uh, instant cure. We, we want God to, to move in our midst. The, the age of instant. Instant, instant, instant. And, and instant has caused us to lose the ability to wait. Instant. I want instant money. I want instant food. I want instant care. I, I want instant help, whether it's a toothache or a breakthrough. I want instant. And I think it's done a lot of damage in our, in our society to understand, man, those who wait on the Lord, he'll renew your strength. Don't, don't get impatient. Galatians chapter 5, verse number 7. I just want to read this one passage to you, this one verse. Verse 7, the apostle Paul said, you ran well. You ran the race of life well. You counted the cost. Now pay, pay real close attention here on the wording. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? 
who hindered you from obeying the truth. It didn't say what hindered you from obeying the truth. It said who hindered you from obeying the truth. The Amplified says it this way. You were running the race nobly. Who has interfered, hindered, or stopped you from heeding and following the truth? So if we were to look at the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 5, it talks about there's two types of people. There's flesh people and there's spirit people. The flesh people are ruled and, and dominated by the flesh. The spirit people or the faith people, they're dominated by their spirit. And so guess what? Who you run with is who you're usually going to imitate. And so if you run with flesh people, you're going to be dominated by your flesh. But if you run with faith people, you're going to be dominated by your faith. And so when Ruth's mother-in-law told her, stay around his women, stay around Boaz, she was saying, stay around the people of God, stay around people of faith, believe God. And so it's imperative again who you run with. Now I'm going to highlight this. I'm not going to take you there. But when you think of the man named Jonah, Jonah was a man that had a call on his life from God, but he chose to run from God. You don't want to run around or hang out with people that are running from God, okay? And so Jonah's running from God, and he boards this ship. And when he's on this ship, all of a sudden the sea, it begins to explode, and it begins to, about to, to knock the boat over. And the men of the ship realize something's not right here. And they figured out the problem. You know what the problem was? It was Jonah. And you know what Jonah says to him? He says, you throw me overboard and the sea will go silent. You know what they did? They grabbed old Jonah by the belt loop and <laughs> tossed him off. Now the rest of the story is that's when the whale comes in and <laughs> changes his life. But right now in your life, let me ask you something. Are there people that when you get around them, you know it's not going to be good? I've been there in my life. That's what I call I was addicted to stupid people. You run, you run with stupid people, you're going to do stupid things. I begin to figure out in my life, and they were childhood friends, that every time I got around them, Man, I was going to do something stupid. And so there had to come a day in my life where, guess what? I had to throw Jonah overboard. Get him out of my life. Get him out of your life. Because if you don't get him around, you may say, Pastor, that's hard. What about the love of God? Well, I'm not telling you don't love him. You just don't run with him. And so the day comes when you become strong enough on the inside where you can go back around them. And instead of them influencing you for bad, you influence them for good. And so when I get born again, I have this thought, man, I'm born again. I love Jesus. I'm going to go and I'm going to win them all to Jesus. And so I'd say, I'm going to the bar. I'm going to win them all to Jesus. Well, I didn't win none of them to Jesus. They won me back to Jack Daniels is what happened. That's a fact. That's what happened. And I realized I can't go near them. I can't get near them. Now, you know what? At this point in my life, I could walk in and I could sit there and tell them about Jesus and love them and that stuff doesn't tempt me at all anymore. But it comes to a place in my life that I've got to be at the right place at the right time with the right people 
and God will begin to move. God will order your steps and he'll order mine. And so I'm not trying to be difficult on you, but too often I think we, we get off the path. We think God's not moving. And when we think God's not moving, a lot of times our faith severs what God wants us to do. And you know where a lot of times or the most of the time the faith is severed? It's severed about a half inch beneath your nose. Measure. Measure. Go ahead, take it. It's right there. Most of the time, we sever the things that God wants to do because of our mouth. We begin to speak. We begin to bellyache about everything. God, it's not working. You don't see nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. And so I'm, I'm giving you a quick little history lesson of my own life. And so I had a tendency at times in my life where when things wouldn't go right, man, I'd begin to complain. I'd whine like a little bedwetter. Just, eh, just not good, God, not good. Do you not see God? Not good. And God began to deal with me. And God would say, just like he did to the Lord Jesus in Mark eleven twenty three, 23, said, start speaking to the mountain. Speak to the mountain. And so this is what God began to do in my life on this area that he said to me, this wasn't this many years ago, he said, listen, everything that you say out of your mouth, after you say it, tag it with, and that's just the way I want it to be. So I would say, whoo, I'm having a bad day, and that's just the way I want it to be. And I begin to realize the stuff that, that's not how I wanted it. I didn't, want a, I didn't want a bad day. God never answers my prayers, and that's just the way I want it to be. And so I encourage you, begin to get a hold of this and something. And so I go back and I look what Job said. He never cursed God or he watched the words that came out. That's why. That's why. I'll never get married, and that's just the way I want it to be. But you tell me you want to get, well, I don't, I, I'm just confused. You know what? I, I never have anything good happen to me. That's just the way I want it to be. God never blesses me, and that's just the way I want it to be. You know what? It's the flu season, and I know we're all going to get it, and that's just the way I want it to be. If, if anybody's got bad luck, it's going to be me, and that's just the way I want it to be. And so then it starts happening that way, and it's a self-fulfilled prophecy. And who do we get mad at? God. And so I go back and I look at all this that God begins to put on our plate, and I begin to think, how do I respond in every season? You are still God, and I have a reason to praise. I have a reason to worship. And I believe some of the stuff we go through, the sifting is, what is my response when I feel like I'm getting sifted? Oh, Father God, I know you're the good shepherd. Whoo, my Lord, he's the good shepherd. He leads me by the still waters. He leads me in the green pastures. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk right on through the valley of the shadow of death. In other words, I may be walking in the valley of the shadow of death, but I'm sure not pitching a tent there. I'm walking right on through it. Surely his goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And so something happens the way I begin to approach every day. And if we think we're going to go through this life without trouble, just look at Jonah. Just look at Peter. Just look at Ruth. But what I begin to see with all three of them, it may have been how they started with little, but oh, their latter end was so blessed.
so blessed. Why don't you stand up here? Goodness of God, huh? Goodness of God. Boy, I downloaded a bunch on you. I know I talk fast at times. But God begins to deal with me. And so, and I, I, I put a guard right now. I put a guard on my tongue. And, and I said this last night at Tuesday night prayer at the end. I said, listen, I, I sense the Lord speaking in here that you need to be very precise with your tongue. Be very careful and very precise. Be like a surgeon with your tongue. Now, one of the, one of the prayers that I pray over myself, and I'll pray this over you. James 1.19, he said, be swift to hear and slow to speak. You know what he's saying? Be very careful what you allow to come out of your mouth. That's a good, if you're into tattoos, that's a good one to put on you. Grace me tonight, Lord, to be swift to hear and slow to speak. That I measure my words. Why don't you bow your head here? Father God, we love you tonight. We love you tonight. And Lord, I know through your word that every one of us go through times, maybe seasons of our life of sifting. And Father God, if there's ones in this room right now that feel, man, I'm, I'm in a sifting. I'm in a sifting. It feels like I'm getting hit at every angle. If that's you, you're not doing this for my sake. Just raise your hands to heaven. God will see you. Just raise your hands. If you say, that's me. Woo, I feel, Father God, you see hands going up right now. Now, Lord, just, just as you prayed for Peter and you said, I, I pray that your faith won't fail you. Woo, that's what we pray in here right now. That, Father God, we ask this, everyone in this room with hands up, that you strengthen them in the inner man. And, Father God, we pray, Joshua 1 over them, that, that they speak the word out of their mouth. They meditate the word. They, they obey the word. And, Father God, you're moving in this. And, Lord, we ask you to grace their faith. Grace their faith that they don't waver. Are there ones in here that you've, you've, you know? You know right now. And I jumped the gun. I jumped the gun. How many have ever jumped the gun? I've jumped the gun. You know what you do when you jump the gun? You go to God and you repent. And so that's what we're going to do here real briefly. Father God, any of us in here, that's you, raise your hands and tell God you're sorry. Father God, we repent for getting in front of you where we, where we thought we would lead instead of you lead. And we ask you, Father God, forgive us for being anxious. And Lord, help us. Help us to stay in the right field at the right time. Here's the next one. You got people in your life that you know. You know that they're, they're holding you back. They're hindering you. And you may say, but pastor, that's my brother. We'll throw him overboard for a season, okay? That's, 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 that's my ex-girlfriend. That's, that's my, my coworker. That's my, my childhood friend. But again, if you're not in a position of discipline enough, say, Father God, I, I need you to grace me in this area. Grace me with strength and courage. And so, Lord, I pray that in here right now, that you grace us, and again, for every one of us, that there becomes a kingdom guard over our tongues, that we watch over what we say in Jesus' name. And everybody agreed, said, amen, amen. 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 And I, I don't know about you, I, I love to come to Wednesday night. I, I love to come in here, and the Holy Spirit will begin to deal with me on areas of my life. And I, I welcome his correction. I, I know what will happen. I'll get in there and pray, and he'll start correcting me and say, this is what you were speaking. I, I know, Lord, I didn't mean it. Then why'd you say it? I just, I just, just learn to repent.
Say, Lord, help me. Feel grace, okay? Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.